Father, and I thank you for today. When I thank you for what you have done and about to do. Precious Holy Spirit, I give you my tongue and I present the hearts of A&T before you. We say, Lord, speak to us. Give us a word in season. May we leave her edified, exhorted, and encouraged. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated in the house of God. Good afternoon, people of God. Is it okay if we just give a round of applause for um, Stephanie? Woo! Round of applause for Ariel. Woo! Tony. Woo! And my wonderful wife, P.S. I, I feel fed today already. It's been really encouraging. The worship, the prayer, um, the word, and, um, and prayer again. Hallelujah. We like to pray in this church. Amen. Um, but today we're starting a new series called A New Kingdom. So um, the goal is just to um, try to talk about the kingdom from a biblical perspective, um, but from a new dimension. Is that okay, people of God? Um, so as, you know, custom, as I like to do, you know, when, when you hear the word kingdom, you know, what, what comes to mind? A king, okay. The king, okay. <laughs> Amen. Commonwealth. Commonwealth, okay. Ah? A domain. Okay. The spirit of God. Is it? <laughs> what do you say, Vin? A way of life. Okay, cool. So. I'm going to be doing midweek this month, amen? We'll start on Wednesday, 8 o'clock, amen? So I'm going to, today I'm going to touch on kingdom of priests. Next week I'll go a bit more deeper and go through the ABCs of kingdom and all that good stuff. But today I think God wants to speak to us prophetically to the time that we're in right now. And then in the midweek I'm going to buffer up the Sunday messages with some discipleship sort of orientated ways to help us live out the kingdom. Amen? So I want to encourage you guys, if you guys got the word on Wednesday, November word, prophetic words, pray and read, read and study. Amen? So this month, I want you to apply yourself to studying the word of God. Amen? So, we're going to start in Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 to 7. This is from my research, the first time we kind of get the word kingdom in the bible and just to kind of give you a bit of brief history if you was here on the anniversary sunday me and david kind of touched on this but i'll just do a brief recap as to what has happened up until this point so um there's a man called abraham amen he gets a promise from god about him becoming a father of many nations amen and out of abraham becomes this um, nation called Israel. Amen? So Israel is in slavery right now in a place called Egypt. And um, at this moment in time, they're not a nation, they're a people group, and there's about 12 different tribes, yeah? So a tribe is just like um, a section of, there's a, there's a whole big family, but there's different parts of it. Amen? Um, so the key thing here is that they are slaves, yeah? Slaves. And they're under the rulership um, of a, um, what's the word to use? Yeah, you can call it that, a wicked king called Pharaoh, amen? 
Uh, and then Pharaoh was keeping oppression on Israel. But Israel was also multiplying in number. And, and Israel were getting tired of their labor. So they were crying out to God, deliver us. Because there was a prophecy that they were going to captivity. And at a set time, they'll be set free from captivity. So when they cried, God answered their cry, amen. Raised a man called Moses. Um, he sent Moses, kids of Egypt, amen. Ten plagues, all that good stuff. Crossed the red, red water, you know, the Red Sea. Um, and now they're at a junction where God has brought them out of bondage, out of, in our context, the world, and has now brought them to a place called the wilderness, which is the junction point between the promised land. Everyone follow me here, yeah? So, at this point now, there's a mountain where Moses first encountered God, where God gave him his mission to go and set his people free, that he's now back at, because God's about to give him another instruction to tell the people. So it says here, in the third month, after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day, they came to the wilderness of Sinai. Verse 2, for they had departed from Rehipidim, amen, had to come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. Verse 3, and Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob. Jacob is another name for Israel. Tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagle wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. So God has an agenda, has a plan, has a purpose. And all of it is that Israel would become a kingdom of priests. Now, this is a very um, interesting um, combination of two roles because kings are not normally priests and priests not normally kings. Does anybody know what priest is? What, church is quiet. Anyone know what a priest is? Yes? No? Yeah? A priest is a consecrated individual who is tasked with the responsibility to offer sacrifices to God on behalf of other people. Amen? So, you guys know about the, uh, what's it called? Um, the tabernacle of God, the outer courts, inner courts, most holy. Um, the um, the priest was a was an image of Christ, being going before God, carrying the sacrifices with the oxen, the bull, carrying the blood. He would go in there and, on the behalf of himself and the people, ask for God for repentance. Amen. Amen. So he's offering sacrifices to God. Okay. 
Uh, and obviously, everyone here knows what a king is. Amen. I hope so. We, we have a king. His name is Charles. Uncle Charlie. Um, so, <laughs> so, God's first point of call after you get saved or get brought out of bondage is that he wants to tell you, Lenny, that I've called you to be a king and a priest. Amen? Now, God understands that you can't flourish in his kingdom without an identity. This is very important because, remember, Israel had been slaves for a very long time, 400 years. So they have a mindset about having to work for everything they get. And God is now saying, I'm going to put on you priestly robes and you're going to be consecrated unto me and I'm going to give you everything that you need and what I've called you to be. Amen? So I put down here that you can't flourish in God without an identity. And this is a compliment because God is essentially saying to Barry that, that this is not about you working for my kingdom. This is about you being in me. God is a king. Jesus is a high priest. So he's given us identity of himself. You guys follow me here, yeah? And with this identity, it cannot be void of this word called consecration. So let me say consecration. consecration. The, the important part of this is that it's, just, it's one thing for you to hear what I'm saying, that I'm a king and I'm a, I'm a queen and I'm a priest. It's another thing to live it out. Amen? It's another thing to go through the process of renewal of the mind and process of God dealing with the inner things, etc. You know, deliverance, hallelujah, uh, what's up, counseling, therapy, correction, rebuke, all that lovely stuff. Amen? Because if God is God and God is holy, the things that he gives to us can't be handled anyhow. If God is holy and God is who he is, if, if he wants to now use you as an example to the world, you can't just be or live anyhow. All of us have a consecration that's personal, that's tailored, that's specific. And when PS is talking about war plan, the enemy is trying to undermine you living out your consecration to God. Because if we're really honest, he, he attacks the areas that make us feel less about ourselves before God the most. A lie? You don't waste time. See, it is really strategic and specific. Let me go to the area that will make you not want to pray. So like I said last week, when you're tempted or tested, it's a compliment. Amen? Say it's trying to distract you, trying to get you to undermine yourself, trying to persuade you that what God said isn't what God said. So this is why we say war with the word because your opinion ain't strong enough. You're, you're too up and down. But God's word is sure forever. Can't return void. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going slow, but I want us to walk with me. Amen. So, the reason why consecration is even more deeper now is because we're in the world, hallelujah, but not of the world. So, your calling as a priest has spiritual responsibility. Everyone here, whether you're a pastor, apostle, usher, musician, cleaner, whatever. All of you have a sphere of influence. Somebody somewhere 
is looking at you, being influenced by you, admires you. Trust me, you're a big deal to God. So when you're a priest, God is saying there's something about your consecration where it's not about not going to the club to get the foul. It's about what happens if I send you there, the club can't remain a club. Um, what's your name again? Azazel. Literally just went blank. You guys hear what I'm saying? Like, because that's what we consecrate your holiness. You just think about what you don't do. How about you possess a power that where you go and things that you do oozes God? You can't be light amongst light, Allah. You must be light where? In darkness. So when Daniel was captured and his family is taken away from him, Daniel remembers his words and he remembers that he can't be defiled by Babylon. I must keep myself from this diet, this meat and wine. He's in the midst of darkness, astrologers, all these witchcraft people, occult, the whole lot. But he still chooses to separate himself to the point whereby Daniel's diet becomes the diet of the whole camp because Daniel was performing ten times better. So Daniel chose obedience over convenience. Daniel chose consecration over partnership with darkness. Daniel chose God over everything. That's what it looks like, practically speaking, guys. You guys follow me here? So when Pitt's talking about obedience, you guys need to get that. The Bible says that, what does it say now? In Hebrews 3, that, that everybody heard this word that you're hearing today. But it only benefited those who mixed what they heard with faith. So James comes on and says, faith without works is dead. He says that it's not even good enough to come church on Sunday and hear what I'm saying. If you don't respond, you are better off being dead. Because dead people can't respond to living things. Are you guys following me here? So, so to, to not obey is to remain stagnant. Because dead people can't move. Are you guys following me here? So, so sometimes, guys, when it comes to obedience, don't wait for the, you know, that euphoria feeling of like, oh, I love God, let me do what God's saying. Amen? If you're like me, that's how I was. You know? When you feel good with God, you do what God is saying. Amen? When you don't feel good with God, you start to deliberate. M- make obedience a habit. Literally, like, put boundaries in your life, like Peter said, like, put an alarm, do whatever you've got to do to keep doing what God said. That's what it means to pursue. That's what it means to seek. That's what it means to be consistent. All these words we use is about what is your posture? How are you orientating your lifestyle to keep yourself by the word of God? You guys heard me here today, yeah? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing the word of God. So there's something in this word that when I obey it, it produces some sort of power for me to see it and also become it. Because God's not only interested in what he's giving you, he's interested in who you become. Amen? And sometimes, you know, that becoming and, you know, holding a promise in your hand can, can take a while, but, but God is good. Amen? So essentially... With being a priest and having a spell of influence, you have been called 
to be light. Now, the interesting thing about light is that in the Bible, you know, you know light wasn't a bulb, right? It wasn't this thing here. In the Bible, light was fire. How do you name say fire? John chapter 3, 35. These guys took my time today, boy. There's a man called John the Baptist. This is Jesus' older cousin, and he had the responsibility of preparing the way for Jesus. Amen? And like John, we also have the ministry of preparing the way for Jesus' second coming. Amen? And, and the Bible says that John was a burning and a shining lamp. And you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. Now, now the interesting thing about this light being fire, guys, is that priests were also... Um, given the possibility of putting fire on the altar. And that fire on the altar had to be there day and night. So, so a functionality of priesthood beyond just consecration is also prayer. How do you even say prayer? Pray, 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 pray. I will pray, I will pray, I will pray. The priesthood's whole purpose was intercession. This one is serious, guys, because if we're going to have influence, it has to be backed by something. And it can't be backed by eloquence or even skill. It has to be backed by the Spirit of God, which comes by way of prayer. Are you guys hearing me today? Your lifestyle of the secret place is what keeps your lamp burning and shining. The Bible says that the, the gift of God should be fanned into flame. Meaning that all of us have a gift in our bellies, in our stomach, in our insides. And God likens that gift to a flame that has to be tended to. So when Lenny was talking about sometimes when you feel like your gift or calling has gone, not gone, it's still there. It's just dormant. You need to wake up. You need to pray. One of my favorite preachers, Leonardo Ravenel, said that no man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. <laughs> and the people who are not praying are straying. Essentially, prayer is your lifeline. Just think about the times in your life where you know you're not praying much. Is, is, is life cost you? Sometimes yes. And that's the deception of it. Most times no. If you're really on this God too. Hallelujah. And for me personally, I, I feel like God's, God's, God's call into the secret places is that tether between us not allowing what we see, whether good or bad, determining whatever we're cool with God or not. That makes sense what I'm saying. It, we don't allow the, the fruitfulness and the abundance of what we see to determine what we don't see, which can only be seen through prayer. I'm making sense right now. Because so right now, just, you know, we can see the world through a particular lens, but it's a whole other thing in the spirit right now. And you won't know if you don't pray. And so you can be subjected to being spiritually ignorant 
where you have an opinion that ain't God's opinion about what's going on right now. You guys following me here? And that opinion might be good, but it's not God. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about pray and prayer, and if you're, if, and if you're, if you're like me, you know, even till now, no one has a perfect prayer life, amen. You know, prayer isn't really sexy, amen. It's not always dandy. But part of maturity, guys, is, 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 is conducting a lifestyle that you put in place that protects you from coming to people who stray from your calling. And your calling is to what? Pray. Hello? Calling is what? Pray. To what? To what? To pray. So, as a priest and as a king, you've also been called to rule and to reign. I'm, I'm speeding from my notes because for some weird reason I, I have 10 minutes left. So, bear with me. Wednesday we'll do part number two. Amen? Kings have reigns on the earth. But... What I've learned through the scripture is that it's spirits that have rulership in the world. Ephesians chapter 2. I said kings have reigns on the earth. So King Charles is now in his reign. It's about, it's about, is it a year yet? Is it a year, isn't it? Yeah. Is it a year? So he's one year running. His mum was about, uh, she was there for a long time. But, but reign is a, it's a space of time that you have in that position. Amen? So all of us, God has called us to reign wherever we've been called to in our ministries, as a mother, as a father, etc. You guys follow me here, yeah? But spirits are what have rulership or influence in the spirit world. And Ephesians 2 says this in the NIV. As for you, talking about me and you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are what? Disobedient. Hmm. Bible sweet. New King James Version. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And, and he's talking here about a man, no, it's not a man, a spirit, a demon called Satan, Lucifer. Yeah? L Lucifer is the prince of the air. This word air means, in the Greek, um, um, atmosphere region. Speaking about the, the distance between space and the earth. So there's something ruling over regions. So like, for example, like, you know, if you're from South, you know South is not East London, amen? You know, East London has a particular way of living compared to South, amen? And I, and I, and I would say that it's, it's the spirit, the principality, that has created a culture that has now influenced a way of people that live in that space that now act a certain way. You guys following me here, yeah? So when he talks about he's at work, he's, he's working through culture. 
Remember, Satan ain't everywhere at the same time. So what does Satan do? He comes and builds systems that will outlive. Well, he lives forever, but that will outlive his time there. You guys feel what I'm saying here, yeah? So there are kingdoms, but there are spirits who are at work that are rulers behind those things. Am I making sense to you guys here? So, so when God calls us kings, people that shall have space of, of influence and, and, and dominion and all that good stuff, he also wants us to be priests, people who function in the spirit. He doesn't need to be good at what you do. He wants you to rule in the, in the spirit. Are you guys following me here today? So, so, so when we're now called to be priests, when you're now being called to work at BBC or wherever you work at, you have a spiritual assignment as a priest in that place. Where, where, where you're not just called to be good at editing, you're called to be light. You're there on an assignment from the kingdom of God that has its own culture and system and way of living to influence where you've been placed in society. I'm making sense to you guys. So Paul lets us know that we shouldn't focus on what is seen but what is unseen. Because what is unseen made what is seen. He's saying, if you really want to bring change and bear fruit in your life, you can't just focus on what you see. You've got to focus on what you don't see. Because what you don't see has real influence to shift what you do see. So when we're talking about prayer, when me and PS say, if it's spiritual, it's practical. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about marrying priesthood and kingship. I'm saying... Do good, do the practical work, but also be very spiritual about what it is that you're doing. That attack, that whatever is happening and lights us off, ain't random. I don't know when you guys get very spooky and be like, everything's a devil, amen? <laughs> but within reason, don't feel like your life is random. Don't feel like you getting sick at this time, it's just random. Don't feel like whatever's happening in your life that ain't in alignment with God prospering you, it's just random. You need to pray. You need to put some fire on that altar in your house. And you need to, you need to see what is God. You need to inquire. David said that I inquired of the Lord. Should I go? Should I stay? Priesthood builds a dependency on your life where you are now inviting God to govern your life. Whereby everything you do, you run by him. That's what it means to be surrendered to God. Am I making sense today, guys? Yeah. And the, the, the maddest thing in this scripture for me personally is the last part because the only time this evil spirit has access is in those who are disobedient. I think I've heard obedience today about 20 times. Amen? So, so let's not be silly or be played dumb. God is speaking very clearly today. You, you, you see, when it comes to spiritual warfare, you know, I, I like to keep it simple. Amen? Your protection when things get a bit glitchy in the spirit is your obedience. Okay? Don't, don't like, make it feel like you've got to do a certain fast, you've got to do a certain thing. Like, no, 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 no. Are you doing what God said? Are you guys following me here today? Your obedience is your protection. Your obedience to God denies access to the evil one. Satan said to God, does, does, does Job fear God for nothing? 
what was Satan getting at here? Satan was like, look, maybe he's only disobedient because we give to him. And God said, okay, touch everything but his life. Where am I going with this, guys? Satan couldn't touch Job because there was a hedge around him. Are you guys hearing me here? And the Bible says that Job was a man that was blameless. So Job had a focus. I'm just going to do what God said to do. And then little lots of everything else, I leave it to God. To the point whereby Satan's only resolve is that, does this man fear God for nothing? So obedience has to go past what happens when I obey. Is church hearing me today? I can't only obey if God said that I would get X, Y, and Z. You've got those boys that were in the book of Daniel that were dashing to the fire. They said, look, man, if you cast us in there, God will deliver us. And if he doesn't deliver us, we still won't bow. They had a resolve that obedience to God is not based on whether he moves or not. It's because he is God. So worship has to be because I have fidelity to this supreme being. In spite of whatever he gives and doesn't give because I love him. You guys following me here today? I'm just delivering whether I should carry on this point or not. One more point and then I round up. Amen? Yeah. So far, have you, have you getting some clarity here, guys? Yeah. Are you getting some encouragement, some sort of directive in what God is saying to you? Yeah. I, I really want to encourage you guys. Like When we're saying war plan, like, like, like do what we said that you should do. Amen? As long as I don't tell you to sin. Amen? I want to echo because when you read Ephesians chapter 6, before you get to be strong in the Lord and the full armor of God, God, God um, says in verse 2, let me get the scripture. He says, he, he reminds us of his ten commandments that he gave to Israel. Uh, but he says um, that you should honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That you may what, live long and that it may be well with you. He, 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 uh, he, he addresses the, the need for submission when it comes to entering this thing called warfare. He, he addresses this need that there are some things that you'll be instructed by those that are your parents and leads in the Lord that you ought to do that will keep your position intact. The reason why I'm saying this, guys, is because when Israel was in an actual real war, they had to pray. And God released his word about, don't go and fight with swords. Go and fight with a song. And then he gave them a principle, M.D. Rose. He said that you must believe God and be established. But you must believe his prophets that you may prosper. He said, it's one thing for you to be 
rooted and grounded in me, is another thing for you to now see progression in what it is that I said about you. And, and, and because God wants to keep us humble, he, he puts words and instructions and gifts and, and different things that we need in life in other people. Some of the people are your friends, mom, dad, pastors, hello. And these things that they give to you are the things that you need to go and prosper. So sometimes, Lenny, the change you need to see is just following the instruction that he was given. I'm making sense to everybody here, yeah? So I want to really urge you guys. We're in a heightened time spiritually. It's not the time to be ignorant about what God is saying. Amen? I'm going to end there. Hallelujah. Were you blessed today? You know, we're only on the, on the first point, and, the, and there's four points. So you can blame P.S. for, for P.A. not being allowed to preach his word in season. Amen? But we'll continue this next week. But, but on that note, we're going to pray. Is that okay? Someone in the house got married.